0: Hi everyone. Welcome to Rolling Hills Online. Wherever you are in the world, we're glad that you're joining us today. In addition to our online campus, we have two physical locations in Franklin and Nolensville. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love to meet you in person. If this is your first time joining us, we would like to invite you to check out our New Here page at rollinghillscommunity.org. Here, you can find out more about who we are, what we believe, and what to expect when worshiping with us. If you've been with us before and want to find out how to get involved, please visit our next steps page. This is where you can learn more about baptism, partnership, missions, community groups, and more. If you're joining us live, we encourage you to jump into our chat. This is a great way to connect with our online community and further discuss today's message. In addition to the chat feature, you will find today's sermon notes and a link to the Bible so that you can follow along. Have something that you would like for us to pray with you about? Click the prayer request link at the bottom of the page. We would be honored to join you in prayer this week. If you feel called to partner with us financially, you can give online through the giving page of our website. Your support allows us to continue this opportunity to share the message of Christ around the world. So thank you. Again, welcome to Rolling Hills. We hope that you feel at home.
1: Good morning, church. Good morning. It's 14 days to Christmas. So I know, are you guys excited about that? It's awesome. I love it. So some people are excited. Other people are like, oh, 14 days, I got so much to do. I mean, how am I going to get it all done? You know, and all these things are going to happen between now and Christmas. Have you ever thought about why do we do all that we do at Christmas? Have you ever thought about why do we buy gifts for everybody? And why do we fill stockings? And why do we have company? And why do we make food? And, and why do we do all these things? And, you know, I think it's really simple. I think it's this. Love must be expressed, right? Love must be expressed. And when you love, you want to express that. You you want to share that. And that's why we, you know, make food and have company. And that's why we buy gifts for all the people we know. And that's when we go to parties to celebrate. And, And that's why we can't wait for Christmas Day and just the awe and the excitement. Because love must be expressed. And we're in a great series right now called Share the Gift we've talked about share the gift of thanks and share the gift of giving. And then we talked about share the gift of hope and share the gift of peace. Don't we all need peace? Wow. Today we're talking about share the gift of love. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? Maybe it was middle school or it was high school and it was like the... The first time, and you, you were like, what's happened to me? You know, you got these weird feelings and, and, and you would start to write notes. You write these love letters. You're like, I've never said this stuff before. But you would write this down or, or you would think of songs and you're like, I'm not a musician, but, you know, I love this song. Or you would hear songs on the radio and you're like, oh, that's our song. I mean, that's just us, you know. And you're like, where did this come from? but there was something different that was happening in you. And love causes that. And that's what happens at Christmas, isn't it? Love came down and everything changed. And there's a feeling at Christmas because love is in the air, right? That's why you see grown adults out in Santa Claus suits ringing a bell and it's snowing outside and they don't care because they're raising money and they're helping people and they love. That's why you see people in retail and you're on your feet for 12 hours and, and you still are smiling because you're seeing somebody get a gift for somebody else. And you, There's just love. There's a different feeling. There's a different response. And aren't you thankful that we have a God of love? Aren't you thankful that when God entered into this world, what he brought, was not judgment or condemnation that what God brought was and is Love. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open back with me to the book of Luke. Luke, Luke chapter 1. We're walking through the Gospel of Luke chapters 1 and 2 in our series. And man, it's so good and so deep and so rich. And you know, Matthew and Luke are the two Gospels that talk about the birth narrative. Mark kind of fast forwards to Jesus' earthly ministry and talks about the miracles and the teachings. And and that's what we see in all four of the Gospels. And, And John just kind of says, the Gospel of John The Word, Old Testament, became flesh and dwelt among us. But it's Matthew and Luke who unpack what happened at the birth. When love entered in, when love came down. And Luke, who's a doctor, is a physician, is very precise in his details. And so he says, hey, let me back it up to the beginning. Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they want to have kids, they can't have kids. And Zechariah's at the temple one day, he's worshiping, and the angel Gabriel came and said, you're going to have a son And you're to name him John. And and Zachariah's putting it all together from the Old Testament. He'll be in the spirit of Elijah. And he's like, that's the forerunner to the Messiah. That's John the Baptist. He's like, oh, yeah. And that same angel goes and appears to Mary, who's a a young virgin, 14 to 15 years old, and says, you're going to have a son. And you're to name him Jesus, Yeshua. That name literally means salvation. And she's like, The Messiah, the Messiah has come. So pick up here in verse 39, and we're going to be unpacking 39 through 56 today. So let's just read that here. It says, At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, And blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Even as he said to our fathers, Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So, what do we learn about sharing the gift of love for Mary here? Well, I think a couple of things. Number one is this love unites us. Love unites us. You know, as soon as Mary heard from the angel and said, Hey, you're gonna have the Messiah, what does she do? Well, if you notice in verse 39, it says that she got ready and hurried to see Elizabeth. Now, we're not sure if Elizabeth was her aunt or if Elizabeth was her cousin. They were relatives. They loved each other. And immediately, Mary's like, I gotta go talk to Elizabeth. I gotta go talk to Elizabeth. Have you ever thought about when you receive good news, what do you do? You immediately call somebody you love, don't you? I mean, you immediately call your spouse or you call your best friend and you're like, I gotta tell you what happened. You wouldn't believe this, you know? And you're just so excited. It's almost like that good news doesn't, Reaches its full potential until you share it with somebody you know when you share with somebody it's like it comes alive in you and so I can imagine Mary coming up and Elizabeth there and they're just sitting down they're talking 100 miles an hour right like two women just going you know you saw this angel I saw this angel and they're like going back and forth and they're just going 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 but love unites us and what we see here is this love for one another love for one another see we were created for community you know, that, that's the way you grow spiritually is in community. And a lot of times, you know, in other major world religions, it's like go off, you know, sit on a mountain, be by yourself. And there are times as a Christian you pull away, like Jesus pulled away and went to a, a spot to pray. But but the Christian life is lived in community. We need one another. That's what church is. You have it, a place to share your joys. having have it, a place to share even your sorrows, people to walk along with and... And I think Mary and Elizabeth, they needed each other during this time. But you also see the beautiful love of a mother. You know, you see this love. Aren't you thankful for your mom? And the sacrifices that she made. And to think that God chose Elizabeth, that God chose Mary. And Mary wasn't sinless, but Mary was favored, and God chose her. And man, you who are moms, you are awesome you're amazing. i watched my wife, and she's incredible. I mean, she can be sick, and then when our kids get sick, it's like, I don't care if I'm sick. I don't, I'm going to go take care of my kids. I mean, there's just something about you. You see this kind of love, and, and I think Mary and Elizabeth, this love was demonstrated, but you also see a love that comes when you're united in God's work. You see this love when you're united in God's work, and I think Elizabeth and Mary both realizing that God was doing something bigger than them. That God was doing a redemptive work for Israel. God was bringing the Messiah. That God was going to impact the entire world. And they had a part to play in his story. A couple of weeks ago, a lady at church came up and she said, Jeff, I'm so thankful for our church. Her her dad had passed away recently. And then her mom recently passed away. and, And she's just had a lot on her. But she goes, you know, people at church, I mean... They've emailed me, they, they've posted on Facebook, they've reached out to me, they just say they're praying for me. And she goes, I don't know how I would make it without people at church. And, and she looked at me and she goes, how do people make it? i like, I don't know. And she goes, how do people make it without Jesus? I mean, where's the hope? And I said, I know. And she goes, we need a church. We need people who are united with us. And I listened to her talk and I just thought, Yes. That's what we see. That's the picture of love. Love bringing us together. Love uniting us. Here's what John, John the disciple, he wrote 1 John. And and in 1 John, you know, John, many biblical scholars believe, you know, John who walked with Jesus for three years, and then he was a leader in the early church, John the apostle. And he writes 1 John at probably 80, 90, or 100 years old. A lot of biblical scholars believe he's really old. And what does he come back to? In 1 John, it's all about love. (laughs) And he says in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 11, he says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. His love is made complete in the way that we love. That's powerful. Did you notice in these first few verses that How many times Elizabeth blessed Mary? You know, he says, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Verse 45, blessed is she who believe that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. You know what blessing is? It's just the infusion of holiness into somebody else. It's just blessing favor on them. And I think Mary came into the home and Elizabeth realized, wow. Mary you are blessed and I want to encourage you I want to I want to strengthen you in the Lord hey guys over the next over the next 14 days you're gonna have a lot of people probably coming in out of your home you're you're gonna have people coming in maybe it's extended family maybe it's friends or relatives or maybe it's co-workers or maybe it's neighbors and, and I want to challenge you I want to encourage you make your home a place of blessing and whether you gather for a meal and you say, hey, you know what, you may, you may not, you know, believe in God or whatever, but I want to say a blessing. I want to pray for us before we eat. Something as simple as that can have a huge impact. Or when people are getting ready to leave and just saying, hey, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. I want, to, want you to know that, that, that I want to bless you. And you may go, well, I don't know if I can do that. That's okay. Maybe just inside, just pray a short prayer, a silent prayer. Bless them, God. There is power and blessing. You go all the way back to Abraham. and You see the Lord saying, I will bless those who bless you. And you see that theme carried on. And now Elizabeth living that out. And now us as disciples, this call to live that out and bless others. Love unites us. second thing I think we see for Mary is this, is that love comes from God. If you go into verse 46, and Mary said, and maybe right above you have a little heading that says, Mary's song. This is the Magnificat. Okay? This is Mary just busting out in song. You know, (laughs) she can't believe God's love. And she says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. Do you remember the first time you fell in love with God? Maybe for you, it was. (laughs) In middle school, or maybe for you as an elementary school, or maybe for you as in high school, and somebody invited you to church, or maybe for you, you had a friend who shared the gospel with you, maybe for you, you went to a, a camp, maybe for you, you know, it was at church on a Sunday morning, maybe it was even recently. But when you just knew, God is with me, God is for me, God loves me, even the mistakes I've made and the mistakes I've messed up in the past, God loves me. And weren't you just overcome? I mean, were are you just like, wow? See, God's love demands a response. And for Barry, she worshiped. For us, we worshiped. You remember when you first fell in love with God, you, you didn't care what anybody else thought, right? You're like, I'll go get be baptized. Yeah, let's go. I want to invite my friends to church. I want to tell people about Jesus. You, you were just on fire for the Lord. Why? Because you understood something happened in you. There was something different about you you were dead in your sins and your transgressions total depravity you knew that but something changed and that love of God demands a response Jesus was teaching one day and and he gives an answer to a question and this teacher of the law goes hey that's a good answer Jesus and Jesus is like thanks you know I kind of know but anyway Jesus says okay and the guy says well hey I got a question for you out of all the laws in the old testament what is the most important Out of the 613 laws, what what do you say is the most important Jesus? And what did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Four times in one sentence, he uses this word, all. Everything in you. What I found is there's a lot of people who want to kind of date God, you know? Hey, God, you know, I'll meet you on Sunday if I'm feeling okay, if I'm not sick. Maybe we'll get together the next week. But you do your thing during the week. I'll do my thing during the week. And, you know, we'll kind of hang out unless something better comes along. And God's going, I'm not interested in dating. All I'm just not. I want all of you. I want you to love me with all all of your heart right all your emotions i want you to love me with all of your soul all your desires i want you to love me with all of your mind all of your thoughts take captive every thought in your mind develop the mind of christ as t.w hunt says i want you to love me with all of your strength with all of your oomph with everything in you do you love god like that (laughs) Do you still have that same passion that you had when you first responded to the grace of God? Do you still have that same joy, that same fervor in you? See, God calls us to respond to Him in love because that's who God is. And John writes this in 1 John. He says in chapter, chapter 4, verse 7, Dear friends, let us love one another For love comes from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. (laughs) And if God is love, then our response must be back to Him in love. And so I want to challenge you this Christmas. How are you going to respond back to God? Maybe it's writing a note. Maybe it's taking a journal and just sitting down and spending some time and Writing out to God, God, I, I love you. I worship you. Thank you for what you've done in me and my family this year. God, I just want to bring praise to you. Maybe it's like Mary, write a song. I don't know, maybe it's being generous. Maybe it's just pulling away from everybody in the crowd around you and finding a place where you could focus on him and say, Jesus, I don't want to miss you this Christmas. I want to respond back to you. Mary shows us that. God is love and our call to respond back to him in love. The third thing I think that we see is this, is that God loves others through us. God loves others through us. And Mary says, right, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. See, what Mary realized, even at 14 or 15 years old, Mary realized that God was blessing her to be a blessing to others. All generations will be blessed, she said. I mean, that's, that's deep. That's amazing. At 14 or 15, she realized that her obedience to God was gonna impact other people. And the same is true for you. A lot of times we think the decisions we make, they just impact me. No, 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 they don't. Your obedience to God impacts more than just you. And your disobedience impacts more than just you. It has huge ramifications, not just for you, but for those around you. I mean, for your family, your extended family, for people around you, neighbors, friends, coworkers, people at church. I mean, you're following God. And Mary realized this. The fact is, love is a verb, right? Love is a verb. Love is something that we do, something that we live. And John tells us in, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, he says, Dear children let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. He says, do something. (laughs) And love with actions, love with truth. Giving gifts is fantastic. And sometimes it represents our love. It's our love expressed. But sometimes it's a substitute for our love. You know, your kids, they don't just want gifts, they want you. I saw a statistic the other day that says the The average mom spends 17 minutes a day in meaningful conversation with her kids. The average dad, seven minutes. Seven minutes. And it just kind of hit me. It was like, wow. We can get busy doing a lot of other things, right? That we miss this opportunity to love the people around us. We, we can miss that opportunity. We can understand that we've received grace, that we have salvation, but, but then do we understand that we are to give that love to others? I, I want to challenge you not to major in the minors. Over the holidays, you know, emotions are going to be extremely high. When things are good, they're really good. When things are hard, they're really hard. Don't let bitterness or resentment or any little thing, don't let Satan get a foothold in your family or in your relationships to just kind of push that stuff back. Major in the major. And What's the major? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And Jesus said the second, love your neighbors yourself. Love. And when you and I begin to major in what God's called us to, things change. And when you and I begin to understand that we are called to be conduits, that we are called not just to have the love of God come here and stop, but then to give the love of God to others. I want to tell you, it changes you. It changes you. Watch this video right now and watch the power of giving to others. Merry Christmas. It's Santa on the phone. Oh, brilliant. How are you, my dear? I'm good, Santa. Marvellous. Would you like a little pressy for your Christmas? Yeah, I'd like a present. Yay! One thing, it's not for you.
0: It's not actually for me. That's not fair. Why?
1: Because presents are for giving, not for receiving. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> you can give it to them. It's going to be wonderful. Now, you see that gentleman with the buggy? There's a lady with a blue coat. Look upstairs. You see that gentleman? Chase after him now with the big black bag. Run
0: now. Go, go, go! <laughs> you present for Christmas. This is for you. Merry Christmas. So what's inside it? I don't know.
1: Isn't that awesome? I mean, that is so powerful because when you give love, I mean, something happens in you. Did you see the joy of those people who were giving the present? At first they were like, it's for me. And then they realized, no, I gotta give it to somebody. But when they gave it, they were like, ah, it was something happened in them. Isn't that just like God? For God so loved the world, He, what? He gave. He gave and you and I, we come alive when we give. We come alive when we give love to others. I, church, I got to tell you, I see this in you guys all the time. I, I see this all the time. When you are generous and, and you just start to love people, and whether it's on a mission trip or whether it's on a Sunday morning or just watching you with your kids or watching you with other people's kids or watching you teach, I watch you come alive. A couple of weeks ago, we had our angel trees that were out, and we put them out, and the first service took them all. And you guys were coming in going like, well, where's the angel trees? And we're like, the first service took them all. Well, I want some more, you know. And you're like, so we've been trying to scramble to get more families. And I've watched Mom to Mom and Nurses for Newborns and and helping out there. I've just seen you guys, and I love that. Uh, We have a team going to Moldova over Christmas And they'll go and they'll go into 12 different orphanages and they'll take the backpacks we collect and they'll take socks and scarves to orphans all over the country. And a lady who's going on that team, she sent an email. She said, I got a call last week from a friend who runs Micah Children's Academy. And they had a pre-K student who broke his leg and his parents had to special order a tiny walker for him to use. And she sent a picture, and it was just like state-of-the-art walker, you know what I mean? Like a, it was like aluminum, it had little wheels on it, it was red, it was like the coolest looking thing. And it said, he is now healed and wanted to know if a child in Moldova could use it. And so we emailed our social workers over in Moldova, we have 12 full-time people working for JMI in Moldova, you know. And one of our social workers immediately emails back and says, hello everybody. She said, we have a disabled boy named Valentin. We just interviewed him. He doesn't have a sponsor. He's four years old and he needs a walker. Some people made a handmade walker of wood for him. But it cannot be called a walker. It helps the boy a little bit to move by himself. But this walker will really help him out a lot. Thank you. I just thought, wow. You know what? The lady came up and she's like, yeah, this walker. And she's just going on and on talking about it. And I'm like, yeah. See, we fall into a trap of the world, right? Right? And the world says, hey, it's about you and getting the gift and you keeping the gift. But God says, no, it's about you being a conduit of letting my love flow through you. And when you do that and when I do that, that's when we really come alive. And I think for Mary, she got it, she got it. Here's number four, here's number four if you're taking notes. We are most like God when we love. We're most like God when we love. Mary keeps going and says his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. You see what the Bible says is God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And sometimes we can become arrogant. And I think that's not where God wants us to be. He he scatters those who are prouder in most thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever. You know, this time of year, it's easy for it to become about us, Right? it's easy to go shopping for somebody else and they go, hey, that looks good on me. You know? <laughs> and next thing you know, we're looking at our basket going, oh, it's a lot of me in there. And, and I think that is so easy. Why? Because as the old hymn says, our hearts are prone to wander, prone to leave the God we love. And we battle in this environment where it can so easily become about us. And we have to say, no, 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 no. God, it's about you. There was a church in Revelation, Revelation chapter two, it's the church in Ephesus, and they were doing a lot of great things, a lot of great things. But then Jesus, when he was speaking to them, he said this, he said, guys, you're doing a lot of great things, but there's one thing I hold against you. You've forgotten your first love. And I hope and pray, I hope and pray that we never forget our first love. I hope and pray that, that we don't just let Christmas come and Christmas go. And we go through the motions and we do the things and we we make things happen. But, But at the end of the day, we really don't grow in our love for God or in our love for others. I pray that this would be the Christmas when we would experience all that God has for us. And we would grow in our love. We wouldn't grow proud or arrogant, but we would realize that the God of the universe has come to us. Uh, one, one time Jesus found out that his friend was sick. His friend was named Lazarus. Lazarus and Mary and Martha, Lazarus' sisters, they sent word to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, we need you to come. And they didn't say, hey, come, Jesus, because Lazarus, who had done all these great things for you, you know, he stayed, you stayed at our house, and, and, and look at these things. You know what they said? They said, Jesus, seven words. The one you love is sick. The one you love I pray this Christmas that you realize that you are loved. You are loved. That that's why Christmas is. That the God of the universe would leave the throne room of heaven and send his one and only son because he loves you. And so I want to ask you, the last one, would you receive the gift of love this Christmas? Would you receive the gift of love? Would you have heart change this Christmas you know it says that Mary stayed with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home I think Mary stayed there and I think it was a defining time for her Because before, she had all these questions in her mind, right? You know, I'm going to talk to Joe. I don't know if Joe's going to respond. He might be mad. He might leave me. I don't know if people are going to find out that I'm pregnant and I could be stoned to death. Because if you were pregnant outside of wedlock back in this day, you would be stoned to death. And she had all these questions. But after three months, I think being with Elizabeth, being with the Lord, she walked away. And she put a stake in the ground and said, I'm going forward in the love and the grace of God. Mary simply said, Yes to God. God, I'm going to do whatever you call me to do. God, you love me, and I'm receiving that love, and I'm receiving that faith, and I'm receiving that trust, and I'm going forward in you. Do you have that kind of love as a foundation in your heart? Do you know, regardless of whatever happens in the world or whatever happens in circumstances, that God loves you? And the greatest gift of all has been given to you at Christmas. Karl Barth, who's um, kind of one of the most important theologians in the 20th century. He was a Swiss theologian. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant thinker. And he wrote this. He said, faith, right? Faith is awe in the presence of the divine incognito. I mean, just this awe. I mean, that's why the wonder of Christmas, Right? Faith is awe in the presence of the divine incognito. It is the love of God that is aware of the qualitative difference between God and man. There's a huge qualitative difference. He is God. We are not. We are sinful man. And between God and the world. There's a difference between how you and I should live. We shouldn't just look like the world. Our lives should be different. Karl Barth, he traveled all over the world, wrote so many books and and in his old age right it 1962 he came on a visit to the United States he died in 1968 so he had, you know lived an incredible life been an awesome theologian impacted so much of the teaching and seminaries out there and in 1962 on one of his visits somebody in the audience asked him this question they said Dr Bart out of all the millions of words you've written out of all the sermons you've preached out of all the books you've read If you were to sum it up, what would you say? You know what he said? Jesus loves me, this I know, (laughs) for the Bible tells me so. He said, There's a God of love who's come to me, and my life will never be the same. Jesus loves me. Do you understand that today? Do you understand how much God loves you? Because when you do, I'm telling you, it will radically transform everything about you. And you will want to love. There's an awesome gift. A gift only becomes yours, though, when you take it and you open it and you receive it. And the gift's been offered. What will you do with that gift?
0: Hey everyone, thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the service, and we want to encourage you to reflect on today's message throughout the week. Here at Rolling Hills, our goal is to raise up a community of disciples to be the hands and feet of Christ, and we hope that you will partner with us in doing so. How do you do that? Well, here are several ways. First, join us every Sunday, either online or at one of our physical locations. Join us as we worship our God and learn more about Him and His plan for us. Second, get connected. Check out our Next Steps page on the site to find out how you can engage with us further by serving or joining a community group. And lastly, we want to invite you to partner with us financially. You can do that online through the giving section of our site. All tithes and offerings go to support our ministries both locally and internationally, enabling us to impact lives and share God's Word. Again, we are so glad you joined us today. Have a great week.